Hello, and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 273, which we're recording on Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we're at the Santa Cruz Yacht Harbor again, enjoying a delightful breeze because it has been really hot around here lately. And the breeze is so welcome at the moment. <laughs> yes. And we apologize in advance if there's some extra ambient noise. It is 4th of July prelude here in Santa Cruz. So we get a lot of people around making a lot of noise. So yeah. we'll see what happens. All right. What are you wearing? Well, one of the things I have worn this week is my little bird sweater. This is a pattern by Vera Valimaki, and we recently compared our little bird sweaters and how we both knit this pattern with very different results. Yes. That was back in episode 267, so I'm not going to say too much about the sweater other than it is just a very light pullover sweater that's knit in a lace pattern and... I used a very light yarn, Holstgarn Coast, and the differences, I made mine a little bit shorter than the pattern indicated. It was originally a tunic length, and Gail made hers to the length in the pattern, and we both went at this garment a little bit differently and ended up with two very different sweaters. Yeah. It was very cool. And they're both both lovely. (laughs) They are. So that is Little Bird by Vera Valimaki. What are you wearing, Gail? Well, I'm not wearing any hand knits at the moment, that's for sure. But Charlene and I had an outing a couple days ago to visit a friend we hadn't seen in a long time. And I wore my Hitofu Day for this outing. And I had it on for maybe an hour while we were yeah. driving in the car with air conditioning. And then it came off. <laughs> but I really like my Hitofu Day and had forgotten because I haven't worn it in so long. Hitofu Day is an all-over lace sweater that has pretty interesting construction. And it was one of those that went viral for a long yes. time. Yes, It's a super cute sweater. I knit mine in Holst Coast Yarn. Yes, so you we did. Both use the same yarn Mm -hmm. for what are we wearing this week and what else can i say about the sweater just very light over layer kind of a long shrug somewhat that's an yeah it's kind of shrug construction in the top that's a good way to describe it it. doesn't have front fastening so it's open in the front it's just a a light layer that you toss over a t-shirt or a tank or yeah i was wearing a dress and it was a really nice layer over the dress so yeah it was really cute over a dress and we've both knit them and another highly recommended pattern Mm -hmm. very perfect for summer or hot weather so that's the hito fude sweater all right what have you been stocking all right i have something different to start off with this one is called Vimpleket by Knit Cat's Design. And what it is, is little triangular flags or banners that are strung along an I-cord. And very, very cute, looks very simple. The pattern page photo has brightly colored flags along a neutral I-cord. And they're like in primary colors and all different colors. And they show it hanging on the wall 
above what looks like a couch, and the couch has a brightly colored granny square afghan thrown over the couch, and then sitting on top of the granny square afghan are little handmade animals sitting on it. So it's a really cute photograph. And I think if you look at the pattern page, the one that I'm talking about is actually the second photograph. The first photograph is a close-up of the little triangular flags. But it just, the whole photograph, the whole setting was really cute. And this looks something that would be fun to make for, just like they have it, a wall. But I think you could use it outdoors on a patio, that kind of thing. It was fun. I liked it. Yeah, it is really cute. The pattern is in German only, but it looks, I actually, it's a free pattern. So I actually downloaded it and looked at it and it looks simple enough that if German isn't one of your languages, you would probably be able to use a translation application if you didn't have a friend or some help from someone on Ravelry to translate. But it looks fairly easy because it's just a triangle. So yeah, but I thought it was very cute. Again, that is Vimplecat by Knit Cat's Design. And then the second thing I am stocking is a crescent-shaped fingering weight shawl called Blooming in the Mist. And it is a pattern by a designer named Mandy C. New designer to me. I was not familiar with any of her other designs. And this crescent-shaped shawl is worked side to side And it has an interesting contrast design knit into it as it's knit from side to side. So there's two colors and the contrast color is used for what looks like, it looks almost like drops of something dripping down the shawl. So remember, as you're knitting side to side, you're knitting, I think, you'd just be knitting another row in a color or in the contrast color because you're knitting side to side. But when you turn the shawl the proper direction, it looks like drops dripping down. And the look is achieved because the drops, I think, are textural baubles because they actually stick out from the fabric. Ah, okay. And it just looks very cool. To me, it looks almost embroidered and... I love embroidery. And so when I was looking at it, I was thinking, oh, that's embroidered on. That looks so fun. I want to make that and then do the embroidery on the fabric. But no, it's actually knit into it with the two colors and then the bobbles, some kind of bobble stitch. But it looks fun. Cute. Yeah. So that is Blooming in the Mist by Mandy C. And the last one I am stocking is a new pattern on Ravelry. It might have actually been a new pattern the day that I was working on my show notes. It's called Ophelia, and it's by Maria Martins. And this one is an arrow-shaped shawl. She calls it asymmetrical, but I think of it as more of an arrow because if you open it up lengthwise and wrap it around yourself, one end will be the bottom edge of a triangle and the other end will be the point. Okay. So you get like a point and then you you can tie it and wrap it around in interesting ways. I, I kind of like shawls that are shaped like this. And this one 
has three sections in each color that include garter, stripes, and a lace pattern. And the sample uses one base color and then three contrast colors, one color for each of the three sections. And I really love the multicolored look of how some of these designs are achieved. And since the shawl starts, I don't know whether it starts at the point or whether it starts at the widest part, but the last, if, if you were to use three colors, for example, the last color section would be tiny because you're almost to the point at that point. So oh, okay. you wouldn't even necessarily need full color skeins, I don't think, for each of the contrast colors. In fact, like I said, the the last contrast color that is almost to the point of the shawl, your the stitch count is so few by the time you get down there that it's going to be just partial skeins that are needed. So, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, too. that's what nice. I was thinking. Yeah. And you could always do more than three colors or just make it work. So it looked fun. That is Ophelia by Maria Martins. What are you stocking, Gail? Well, before I start what I'm stocking, I have a funny story. So Max has a friend named Jess, mm-hmm. and they've been good friends for several years. And Jess is amazing. They are a student at Stanford, so brilliant. And they also are a crocheter, and they make crocheted garments that they sell on Instagram. And Jess has recently also started knitting. And they were in Max's bedroom the other day, and they came out at like 1030 at night and said, can we bug you for a little while? And I said, well, do I have a choice? (laughs) And next thing I knew... They were asking to look at my yarn because Jess wants to make Max a granny square headband. She made one for her mother and Max apparently really likes it. So now (laughs) Jess wants to make one for Max. So we were in the garage with all of my scraps spread out all over the floor. And it was perfect timing because earlier that day, Josie and I picked colors for the next row of her blanket. Mm -hmm. And while we were doing that, we were putting certain color mini skeins aside because we know she'll never want those in her blanket like kind of moss green and yellow tones and browns things that aren't going to work in her blanket so i pushed those all to the side and put them in a separate bag and put it in the garage and guess what jess and max really liked so jess took almost all of these colors i was super happy (laughs) and she said well guess what i was doing this morning i'm like what and she said i was sitting down on westcliff knitting or crocheting while listening to the Yarniacs podcast. Oh, so Jess listens to us. <laughs> Hi, Jess. And Jess is about to start a sweater. So I was encouraging them to start the sweater. And I said, you know, I'm you're here all summer. So if you need any help, you know where to find me. So it was really fun. It was about, you know, less than an hour, but hanging out with Jess and Max, yeah. talking about yarn and cool. stitching. And it was just really fun. So what am I stocking? Well, this is actually kind of a stocking redo. So while Charlene and I were out this week, we went shopping, which is a new (laughs) thing. You know, we haven't done much shopping in the last couple of years. And there was a sweatshirt that was super cute. And I said, I want to try this on because there's a sweater I want to knit that is shaped like this, but I'm worried it won't look good on me. So I'm going to try on the sweatshirt as an idea of whether or not I would want to knit the sweater. And sure enough, I tried it on and... Charlene and our friends said that it was a 
looked good on me. It and was cute. Super cute. So I pulled out my phone and put the Fairchild sweater by Bristol Ivy back into my <laughs> queue. I originally stalked Fairchild in episode 181 back in 2018. Oh, wow. Yes. It was released in 2014. So this sweater is a top-down sweater that has circular yoke construction. It's knit in DK weight yarn, but I will definitely adapt that and do it in fingering. And the cool things about it are that it has box pleats that make this really cool pocket. I think it's probably two pockets, or maybe it's a kangaroo pocket. I'm not sure. But it doesn't look like there are pockets in the sweater unless your hands are in them. So it kind of <laughs> gives you this, not I don't want to say a pouch look because that makes it sound not very flattering, but it's really cool and it has a neat look. And like then on pleats almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Box plate. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to try something on similar to it before I actually knit it. But that was pretty fortuitous that, was, that there yeah. was a sweatshirt right yeah, there. Same that was look. very cool. So other things that are cool about the sweater, it's positive ease and it comes in seven sizes. So they range from 37 and three quarters to 66 and a half inches at the bust, which is 96 to 169 centimeters. And she recommends between four and 12 inches of positive ease. So I've been looking through my stash and I'm really thinking this might be my gray sweater. So I've been talking for years about the need to knit a gray sweater mm -hmm. for a neutral in my closet. And I think one of my sweater quantities has all the grays in it from the palettes for Colors of Fall because it's a tonal dark, dark gray. So that's a serious possibility for Colors of Fall. And again, that is the Fairchild sweater by Bristol Ivy. And I almost did another stocking redo because I didn't think I'd ever stock the long line cardigan by Hohe, but I've stocked that one as well. This has been one of those weeks where everything I see, I want to knit and I want to knit it right now. And poor Charlene has had to endure text messages from me for like a week or every night. I'm like, well, look at this one. Shouldn't I knit this now? And then she'll find an even cuter picture of it on Ravelry. And my plans to knit something in gray suddenly become a plan to knit something in a fade. And I've just been all over the There's place. There's just so much to look at. Exactly. But none of them are new patterns. Interesting. Yeah. So long line was not, but one hohi pattern that I also found fascinating last week that I haven't stocked before is her ravishing vest. So this was in one of the interpretations books, and it's also, I think, several years old as far as pattern releases mm -hmm. go. And this one is really cool. It's sport weight, open front, so it's not meant to close. And she did a really cool kind of basket weave knit for the upper like waist up portion of the sweater it's knit top down so the portion top down to like waistline mm -hmm. i guess is where it where the basket weave type of stitch changes into a textured skirt basically because obviously there's more volume to the skirt mm -hmm. part of the sweater yeah. Yeah. and it has a couple you know a couple rows of knitting and a couple rows of pearl kind of thing so there's some texture in the stitching not mm -hmm. it's not stripes necessarily but it's really cool and it's really stylish the way she has it photographed and it just seemed like something that would be really fun to wear 
But then I reminded myself that every time I've ever knit a vest, I haven't really worn it. So practically speaking, probably not something that I should do, but it's really cute. It's really cute. And like I told you when you said that, I don't know, but I feel like it's just getting warmer and warmer here in Santa Cruz where we live. And maybe you will have a need for a vest at some point, you know? Could happen. Yeah. So maybe that will be on the long-term radar. Yeah. And sizes for that one, there are eight sizes and it's a cross back measurement. So I don't know how helpful inches and centimeters will be, but she classified it as extra small to 4XL. So Hohe usually has a really good size range Mm -hmm. in her patterns. And this one also has a good size range, it looks like. So that is the ravishing vest by Hokey. And, and just to clarify, that sounded really strange. I thought after I said it that the reason I said maybe you will have a need for a vest, I meant like in instead of a sweater in wintertime. Yes. <laughs> so something that I can wear a long sleeve t-shirt under that isn't as warm as a sweater. Right, yes. Right. I knew what you meant, but we also had this text back and forth the other day. So, Well, not everybody was privy to our text messages. In, well, and, and not everybody lives in a, a moderate kind of climate like we have yes. in the winter time. So yeah, usually for most people if it's winter you're wearing a real sweater. Yes. <laughs> yes. So and those are the only two things that I've been actively stocking. So okay. I'm kind of boring in the stocking department <laughs> this week. What have you been knitting? I have two things on the needles right now. Almost immediately after the last podcast I cast on another ranunculus sweater by Midori Hiroshi. And I have a running joke with Gail that I should start another segment of the podcast and call it the Ranunculus Watch. (laughs) Because every week, Ranunculus Sweater still ends up placing somewhere in the top 10 on hot right now on Ravelry. It's funny how it is just so popular. And here I am, started one, knit it, and as I am in the middle of knitting it, I'm somewhere on the body. It's a top-down sweater that is knit from the collar, and then it has a patterned section around the yoke, and then you continue down the body after you separate the sleeves. And I kind of understand why it is so popular because it is one of the fastest sweaters to knit I have ever made. Yep. I've made one previously and the garment is written at a very large gauge, I think 14 stitches to four inches. And I'm not knitting mine quite that gauge. Mine is a little bit tighter gauge, but still flying off the needles. Mm -hmm. I was amazed how quickly you had knit the portion you showed me. Yeah, so I guess I I understand why it's popular, and gotta admit, it really does look good on so many people. There are thousands and thousands of projects on Ravelry. I didn't look up how many there were, but she has a fairly... I can't even remember how many sizes. I I think it's 10 sizes, but I'm not positive about that. She has a, a good range of sizes, and 
It's just speedy and it looks so good on many, many people. And people have done long sleeve, short sleeve, short sweater, long sweater. There are just so many projects to look at that you can see what you can find somebody who has a similar shape to you, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you can get a preview somewhat. <laughs> it also seems like one of those sweaters that has a lot of different yarn types. I mean, every sweater yeah. is going to have a lot of different yarn types, but I mean, lots of different fibers. Like yeah. there are linen versions yes. and mohair Very versions true. and wool versions, versions and cotton versions. Yeah. And it's interesting just to see that because yeah. I know some of our friends have made it as a summer top. Mm-hmm. And I know at least two people are knitting it for the colors of fall. So. Well, that's, I am making it as a summer top too, because I decided that I wanted to make another summer top. So it'll be short sleeved. Nice. Yeah. So that is Ranunculus by Midori Hiroshi. And the second thing I cast on is my colors of fall project. The Frank Shawl by Hohi Locatelli. Now, this is a shawl that Gail has already knit. It's based on the artwork of Frank Stella, which is very colorful. A lot of it is very colorful. And a lot of it is very contrasty and graphic lines, that kind of thing. And the shawl is made up of three triangles And each triangle is two colors, so there's four colors total, since one color is used in all three triangles. So very graphical, very... lots of triangles. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That triangle, yeah, that triangle shape is repeated throughout because you increase to create a triangle within each section and then ultimately all three triangles are brought together to create the shawl and it has a unique shape because of the three triangles seemed together or knit together yeah so that has four colors like i said one color you use the whole skein that's the color that's used in all three triangles and then three partial skeins we'll see if i use almost the whole thing. It looks like I'm going to use almost the whole thing. We'll see. So that is the Frank Shawl by Holy Locatelli. What are you knitting? Well, like you, shortly after we recorded the last podcast, I had a couple cast-ons. One of them is the Whitby bag, which is a new release by Wool and Pine. It's a backpack, and it's really cool. It's basically a top-down backpack. You start with two provisional cast-ons that you fold in and knit the stitches together to have a passage where you will end up putting I-cord through so Mm. that it cinches closed. And then you just join those together and then you knit in the round all the way down to the bottom. Then there's some three needle bind off at the bottom, I believe. And then you knit the I-cord and you put the I-cord through the spots where it belongs and the then casing you, the casing thank yeah. you i was trying to find the right word <laughs> and the cool thing about the backpack is that you can weave yarn through the knit stitches when you're done so the 
end backpack is a solid color with any different color stripes on it you want. I think so, that is so cool. It's really neat. And it looks so fun to weave. Yeah, you basically just weave the yarn in and out through the knit stitches. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool. And lots of different color versions came out that were test knit. So when the pattern came out within, you know, a day, there were several different versions and they were all so adorable. So I decided, oh, I should mention it's knit in DK weight yarn. And I looked at my stash and it said about 500 yards, I think, of DK weight yarn. And I had a skein of Woolmise DK in my stash that's been floating back and forth between my stash and Charlene's <laughs> stash for many, many years. It was a gift from a listener who was very generous. And I thought, oh my goodness, there are about 469 or something yards a to a skein. It's a big yeah. skein of yarn. And I thought I can make that work. So even if I have to knit my eye cord in a different color, I oh, can yeah, totally make this fine. work. Yeah. So the colorway is called Imber, which I believe is raspberry in German. And I thought it was like a bright, bright, bright pink. And as I was winding it, I thought, well, it's pretty solid. Well, it's not solid at all. It's no. very tonal red and bright pink. Yeah. And Charlene read it as red in the light we were in recently. But now it looks pink. Now it looks pink, yeah. right? So it's one of those magical, depends on the light you're <laughs> in, what color it is. Yeah. But it's super bright. It's perfect for me and all the things that I love. Very pretty. And I'm going to make it a Colors of Fall knit because when I weave in my different colors to make the stripes, I can do a huge variety of different colors of you fall. You can weave in the whole palette. I could. If you want. We'll see if I do. <laughs> it's a possibility. So this has been super fun so far. I'm, I don't know, four or five inches past the casing part, and it's just round and round and round knitting. So if you need an easy social knitting project or travel project for the summer, easy peasy. So that's the Whitby bag by Wool and Pine. And the second thing I cast on was another col Colors of Fall project. I cast on the No Sweat shirt by Park Williams, which I Yay. talked about last episode. I think I was stocking it. So I cast it on and I just last night separated for the sleeves and tried it on oh, and wow. it fits perfectly exactly the way I want it to fit. Awesome. Yes, I'm super happy about this. And this is the one I'm using Yarn Love Yarns Princess Buttercup fingering base which is a linen silk blend that is so nice to knit yeah, it is lovely your swatch was gorgeous oh it's just incredible and i had two skeins of the verdigris colorway which is a tealish blue and then one skein of fable which is a light pink with speckles in it and one skein of frog prince which is frog green kind of a bright green. Mm -hmm. And I came up with my own stripe sequence that I'm going to repeat throughout the sweater to use all three of the colors because the two skeins in the tealish color weren't enough for the whole sweater. I needed another skein and the green was sent to us by Eat Sleep Knit. So it was a perfect addition, but I really wanted some pink in there because <laughs> I just can't live without it somehow. And there are colors of fall colors in the pink skein. Excellent. So super happy with how that's turning out. And it's going really quickly, which I don't know why that surprises me, but it's been knitting up really quickly. Because so, you enjoy, you enjoy the knitting. I do enjoy so, the knitting. Yeah. 
and I may have binge watched Stranger Things four <laughs> over the weekend. It was too hot to be outside. Yeah. So yeah, I used that as an opportunity. It's kind of like when you have a snow day, only it's uh-huh. a heat day. Yeah. So I did a lot of knitting over the weekend and I'm pretty happy about it. And then I also have been working on Josie's blanket again. So I picked that one up. I kind of had blanket burnout out after I finished Livy's blanket. So I let Josie's have a little rest, but now I'm super excited about that again and ready to start a new row. And those are the things I'm doing. Awesome. Thank you to our July sponsor, Infinite Twist. With an infectious love of handmaking and a passion for sustainable crafting, Infinite Twist seeks to empower you as an artist, maker, and designer. Whether you're looking to learn a new skill or craft in sewing, knitting, quilting, doll making, weaving, or upcycling, Infinite Twist has something for you. Our Mighty Network is a supportive and friendly place where you can take a class, share your process, as well as your projects, and connect with other artists outside the hot mess of traditional social media. Find out more in the eCourses and Community section of InfiniteTwist.com. We can't wait to see what you make. Thank you, Infinite Twist, for being our sponsor for July. I have three skeins that I want to knit of Infinite Twist in my stash right now. I have her super, super soft sock yarn in mm-hmm. a light gray and a light pink, which are matches in the Colors of Fall palette. Mm-hmm. can't remember the color names in the palettes. But I also have a giant gradient skein that goes from orange to yellow to pink. That is just so pretty, but I need to find a pattern match for that. Yeah. Maybe I'll pop that into our Ravelry thread someday and get people to give me their gradient ideas. Yeah. That's a good idea. You know, I was looking through her website and when she has those photographs of the little gradient cakes, they are always so beautifully photographed and presented. And it really makes you want to knit with exactly. <laughs> and her yarn is so soft. So yeah. thank you, Kate. So neither of us have finished anything this episode, but we have something kind of fun to talk about. Yeah, last episode we kind of touched on what we thought would be a good continuation to the size inclusive conversation, and that's kind of what we call the secret lives of clothes. When I was in eighth grade, I remember I wrote a report about clothing in a certain historical time period we were studying. And I don't remember much about the time period we were studying, but I do remember that I became fascinated. And it was the first time that I learned about and considered the link that clothing has to the economy, to commerce and to social class as well. Clothing kind of tells a story about how humans want to present themselves to other humans, how humans use clothing as protection, such as armors, shields, and it tells the story throughout history of how we like to decorate and adorn our bodies. So welcome to The Secret Lives of Clothes. Yeah, it's going to be a kind of fun topic. We were chatting about it the other day in preparation for this episode, and there were so many different things about clothes and how they affect us both today and throughout history. It just seemed like such a cool thing to bring up and kind of open up to everybody and see what everyone else has to add to it. Yeah. Gail, do you have 
a single favorite piece of clothing? See, when Charlene asked you this question in preparation, <laughs> I couldn't think of a single piece of clothing that is currently my favorite. I, I can't either, at least not a single one piece. Yeah, like a category for yeah. sure. But yeah. a an article of clothing in my closet, I don't right now. I have throughout time, I've had specific favorites. And it's funny, thinking about this episode and the categories of clothing I like, it's all about comfort for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I always think that's more of a recent thing, but it's <laughs> historically true for me too, because my favorite articles of clothing have been like the oversized sweatshirts that were popular in the eighties and the, the champion brand is the one yeah. I can remember. I had a gray <laughs> sweatshirt that I wore till it died because I just loved that thing. It was so soft and big and comfortable. And then they made the matching sweatpants. Yep. And I remember having those and just loving to wear them all yeah. the time. Yeah. I think it is much easier to break down by category, like to have a favorite t-shirt or a favorite dress or even a favorite outfit, for example. And often my favorite sweater is the most recently finished sweater. Yes. <laughs> they always get a special place in your heart for at least while well, the newness is there. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because the latest and greatest sweater, there's always something about it you make it in the perfect size for your body at that moment or you make it in a certain color that's caught your eye at that moment mm-hmm. yeah that's just your vi- as max would say the color you're vibing with right now yes exactly <laughs> exactly and do you have a favorite piece of clothing same i don't think i can pick a specific favorite i certainly can think of favorite outfits for different situations yes and historically i can think of that too like my favorite thing to wear at a certain time so it's funny those those things do stick in your mind yeah oh i remember that whatever article of clothing and kind of wish you still had it or maybe you're glad it's gone yeah yeah (laughs) like the maternity clothes that you had to wear right yeah good riddance to those So we apologize for the increase in noise. The onslaught of boaters has increased. (laughs) There's a fishing boat leaving right now. Yeah. So reasons why clothing becomes our favorites are varied. I think some of the reasons could be you like the way you look in a certain piece of clothing or outfit. You like the fact that other people like the way you look in certain clothing or outfits. Yes, compliments. What a great thing. Clothing can make you feel a certain way when you wear it. It can make you feel powerful. It can make you feel comfortable. And comfortable clothing, I think when you say clothing is comfortable, you can mean a couple of things because you can mean It makes you feel comfortable in your own skin. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes comfort is about the textures and the sensory feeling that we get from the fabric itself. Yep. (laughs) As well as the fit, obviously. Yeah, because there are certain really soft fleeces that Mm -hmm. I love the feeling of. There are certain yarns that I love the feeling of and just 
the feeling against your skin can be comfort. Yep. Well, I think that those champion brand sweatshirts and sweatpants, there was a texture to that fleece that was great that I don't know that they have anymore. I think that Hmm. manufacturing techniques have changed and I don't think sweatshirts feel that same way anymore. Maybe that's just a fond memory, but I think it's also the truth. Well, I know that there are average sweatshirts Mm -hmm. and those are the ones that unfortunately most brands use to stamp logos on Mm -hmm. and stuff looks like that. They're just kind of average everyday sweatshirts. And then there definitely are the luxury sweatshirts that Mm -hmm. when you feel it, you can tell the difference. Like the one I tried on the other day when we were shopping. That fabric was amazing. Exactly. Exactly. So there are definitely differences, but your average, average sweatshirt is not going to, for me, not going to have that textile goodness that you really love. (laughs) But it's still the comfort of wearing a sweatshirt or a nice sweatshirt. For sure. Yeah. 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 And then I think the concept of comfortable clothing really came or really got a lot of media attention during the pandemic. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Because I think we saw a rise in popularity of mail order. I've talked about it before. Those stay at home sets, <laughs> which just make me laugh because yeah, I kind of want one. The stay at home sets, which are made out of that textile, soft, squishy mm-hmm. fabric that have the top, the bottom and the cardigan to go over it. And or those ones <laughs> that are made in bamboo that are just so yeah. soft and yeah. silky and delightful. Yeah. Yeah. I've fallen in love with bamboo clothing. And have you heard of the nap dress? You know, I have heard the phrase, I have not seen the dress. I have not seen one either, (laughs) but Mike, sometimes he catches these crazes and he overuses them. And every time someone in my family has worn a dress lately, he says, oh, is that a nap dress? So we got overly annoyed with that phrase. And I still don't know what one looks like, but... We're not allowed to talk about them. Yeah, I'm trying to, a nap dress. Does it have like a built-in blanket? I don't know. (laughs) I should go look, but that just feels like I'm giving in to the, to the um, desire that Mike wants me to go look. So (laughs) I'd be willing to guess that most of your clothing predates the nap dress trend anyway. So he's saying it just to be annoying. Yeah. 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 And then color throughout history. Mm-hmm. Colors, for sure. There were certain colors worn by royalty, certain colors used in religious practices or used in religious practices at certain time of the year. Like for solstice, there were certain colors that were symbolic to use and wear. I think some people even denied themselves color as an outward show of austerity, mm-hmm. denial, that kind of thing. Yep. Religious spirit. <laughs> and of course, mourning, black or white for mourning, depending on your cultural background. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And the fact you and I talked about this before that certain dyes were so expensive that not only was it just royalty that could wear a certain color. Some I know some cultural 
backgrounds that was specific. Only royalty was allowed to wear that color. And if you wore it, you got in trouble if you weren't royalty. But other things that were so expensive that if you wore them, they marked you in a certain social class. That's right. Yeah. Remember the history of bread dye. Mm -hmm. Bread dye was rare and precious and you had to trade for it. And so fabric made out of the red dye became showy and symbolic that you could afford clothing that had been traded from afar and was expensive, that kind of thing. That's yeah, right. The, I forgot about that. The quality of the fabric, like we chatted about this mm, too, the yeah. coarseness versus the fineness of the fabric was definitely a social, yes. a social cue of your wealth. Yes. No. Could you afford to have the finely woven fabric that somebody else probably wove for you? Mm -hmm. Or did you have the hand woven at home fabric? Yeah. Probably yes. made from your own sheep. Too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then of course, our own favorite colors, everybody who's been listening for a long time knows that you're purple and gray and I'm yes. pink. Yes. So we, yeah. we wear the colors we love and they yeah. make us feel good. It's yeah. Just how it works. Yeah. My grandmother always told me that I look good in pink. So Aww. I carry that with me always. Other people have told me that and other people tell me I look good in certain colors, but I always do gravitate towards the pinky purples generally more on the purples but every time i you, you know i have a lot yes, of pink too you do and a lot of that comes from the fact that for all of my young life i was told that i looked good in pink That's so by sweet. my grandmother because it was my grandmother you know yeah yeah and i think both of us have tried to break out of our color molds at yes. different times yes. haven't we mm -hmm. i mean you know, we'll be shopping for yarn and a color for some inexplainable reason catches our eye and you try it and you think, okay, this is a good experiment. Break out of my color mold. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't worked for me really well in the past. Like my, I really wanted to try orange, mm -hmm. yellow or orange. I really wanted to try it. I've never felt good in it. I've never thought I looked good in it, but people were telling me, oh, you should try orange. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try it. I got a sweater quantity of dragonfly fibers orange, and it was beautiful. I think mm -hmm. it was called Pumpkinhead. <laughs> and everybody said it looked good on me in the booth. And I knit that sweater, and I just never felt good wearing it. Yeah. Even though I got compliments yeah. in it. It's just one of those things, is some mental block I have. Yeah. No, I understand. I had the same thing. It was that kind of rust colored yarn that I got that was dreaming color I yarn. Remember. I got it at Yarn Dogs. I, I made a sweater with it. And I really liked the sweater style too. But it just it wasn't the sweater that I naturally reached for. I didn't always feel good wearing the sweater, even though I liked the style and I liked the fit. The color just didn't, didn't do it call for to me. Yeah. And so I find that I have gotten rid of a lot of those experimental color garments and sweaters that I've made. And as a result, after all these years of knitting, I've finally settled in and realized that I'm just less color experimental these days. And I like what I like. And yeah, 
sometimes I wear purple several days a week. And that's okay. <laughs> and also, one, yeah, I've given most of my experiments away. But I think maybe the next time we want to experiment, we should do it in a smaller amount than a sweater. Yeah. Like maybe for an accessory. Or a or contrast Exactly. Color. Yeah. yeah. And see how that... Yeah. If we wear that before we venture out into Sweaterlandia, yeah. because <laughs> just I dip our toes so. in. <laughs> I think so. I have a funny story that I remember every once in a while it, in college, I belonged to some, it was a, like a youth group kind of thing. And I remember walking in one week and one of the youth group leaders said something like, wait, stop the presses. Everybody stop. Charlene's not wearing purple. <laughs> <laughs> so this isn't a recent development in your life either. I guess it's not. Mm -hmm. Pink has been a long time love affair for me. It is not, not new. Yeah. And then one of the harder things to talk about for me for clothing over the last few years has been just that I don't feel good wearing almost any clothes because mm. I've gained weight and my body has changed a lot. So all the clothes that I used to wear are slowly leaving my closet for mm -hmm. good. And I kept thinking, oh, how do I talk about this without sounding too hard on myself? And I thought, well, just the truth of the matter is there That's... are very few things I like to wear lately. So oversized sweaters and joggers are just up my alley lately. <laughs> well, I think a lot of us are facing the same problem. I know I am too. Many of us have gained weight over the past couple of years because of circumstances. Mm -hmm. And even if you have necessarily gained a lot of weight, perhaps your body has changed. Bodies are always changing. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's nothing you can do about certain things. Yeah. And so I really dislike the term women of a certain age. It really just makes my <laughs> gut tighten. But there's truth to that because as women age, our hormones change and our bodies change and there's nothing within our control over some of that. And I know I just have to accept it and move on. But some days are easier than others to do that. And how I look at my sweater wardrobe is different than it used to be. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I need to experiment with some different styles. I think that's going to be my next thing. I won't mm -hmm. experiment with color. I'll maybe experiment with some different styles. Mm -hmm. See how they make me feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And finding them in the store sure is a benefit, like finding that sweatshirt to try on. Yes. I know a lot of our listeners, Maureen, I know you're listening to this, <laughs> recommend that you do that. And or if there's a new color you want to try, go buy yeah. an inexpensive t-shirt or something yeah. in that color and wear it for a while and see how it makes you feel mm -hmm. before you invest in yarn in that totally color, agree. but same thing for the style. Totally agree. Yep. I think the t-shirt experiment is interesting just to try on the different colors of t-shirt, you know, grab as many colors as you can and just try them on, take a picture of yourself in each color, see how you feel in each color. And the problem is too, that if you do this in a dressing room, dressing the rooms, the lighting mm -hmm. doesn't always make you feel good. It's awful. It doesn't represent the colors properly either. Yeah. The problem is you get that's these. Very yeah, true. That's the colors very don't true. look the same as they do when you walk out the door. Yes. Yes. But I think it's, it's an interesting experiment just to try that out and see how different colors make you feel. Yep. I agree. And the 
when you, we were talking about our favorites, like categories of stuff and the things that throughout my life, in addition to comfortable clothes, I've always worn skirts and dresses. Mm-hmm. I just prefer skirts and dresses, always have. And there have been changes in the length of skirts and dresses that I wear <laughs> over time, but I've always loved also shorter skirts. And we were talking earlier, Charlene and I, when we were talking about this episode about how color comes to match the things that you wear and how it affects your overall mood. And I have a dress story about that. So I had a period of time, and some of you will probably remember this, this fashion phase. I think it was called the prairie dress. I'm not sure, but they were basically uh, not fit and flare exactly, but they were more slim fitting on top. And then there yeah. was a very full skirt and they were rayon and they were usually a floral print and short sleeves and like a little scoop neck, very yeah. simple style. And I, I totally lo- remember yeah, that. <laughs> loved those dresses. I had them in multiple lengths and colors yeah. and such, wore them all the time. And I had one that was brown and those of you who've listened to the podcast know that I don't wear brown. It's just a color that I don't ever gravitate toward. I don't think I look good in it and I don't feel good in it. But this dress was really, really cute. It was kind of a rusty brown and it had a beautiful little floral print on it and it was really comfortable. And when I finally got rid of it, Mike said, I'm so glad you're getting rid of that dress. And I said, (laughs) why? Because he almost never has opinions on my clothing, especially not negative opinions. He's always very positive. And I said, why? And he said, that's your bad mood dress. Oh. And I said, what? And he said, every time you wear that dress, you're in a bad mood or you are in a bad mood by the oh. time you take it off. <laughs> and it was brown. So I think literally there's a an emotional response mm-hmm. for some people to clothes. I didn't think that the dress was putting me in a bad mood, but yeah. it's not just others see you in the color, but you can see the color as you're wearing it. Yeah. So this, you know, dress with a big flowy skirt and I see the brown around me and I think it literally affected my mood. So color can be a powerful thing with your clothes. Yeah, definitely has an impact on how we feel about ourselves mm-hmm. and our confidence level. Clothes have power to affect our confidence. You hear phrases related to clothing all the time, such as dress for success, dress to kill. Mm -hmm. And then the last one I found was caught with your pants down. (laughs) (laughs) I've had dreams like that, but uh, I have a good dress for success story too. So when I first started working in the corporate world, I worked for Sun Microsystems, for those of you who remember that. And I had little suits. So these were kind of popular at the time too, kind of the same time as the prairie dress. They were usually like a matching jacket and skirt. And I had one that was a plaid purple and gray. You would have loved it. (laughs) And I had one that was pink. It was a light pink and it had a shorter skirt. So kind of mid thigh. Mm -hmm. And I loved how I felt in those two suits. I just felt professional and powerful. And I was, you know, young 20s. So Mm -hmm. it it had an impact on me. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm dressed like a pro today. And one day I was wearing that pink suit and my boss called me into her office and gave me a little lecture about the appropriateness of the length of my skirt. And I was blown away. I thought, wow, wow, from a woman too. And I thought, okay, well, I'm not going to stop wearing this because I like the way it makes me feel. And I didn't stop wearing it and I kept getting promoted and nobody ever commented on the length (laughs) of my skirt again. 
but it's a real thing. I mean, people make these judgments based on what you're wearing. Absolutely. One of the pieces of clothing that I think can be polarizing that people make snap snap judgments about is hoodies. Mm -hmm. Hoodies on young people can be very polarizing. And it's even happened to me, which is kind of surprising. I was wearing a hoodie one day with the hood pulled up and it was a really windy cold day. I can't remember. It might have even been drizzling a little bit. And I had it pulled low, close to my eyes, but my hair was sticking out. But I remember walking and seeing a police car slow down and presumably they were looking at me and then after a few seconds they left. And that's it was crazy. very strange. I don't know if they were looking for someone. I but I have never forgotten that. That's not the first time I've heard you tell that story, Charlene. And every time you tell it, I literally get like this hot flash across <laughs> my whole body, like a fight or flight response of just the the utter wrongness of that. Yeah. Every time you tell me that yeah. story. Yeah, the polarizing nature of clothes also applies to travel. Mm -hmm. I've traveled quite a bit and I've never felt so much of a difference of clothing and expectations as when we went to Morocco. I was wearing clothing that was appropriate for where I had come from. Mm -hmm. But in Morocco, what I was wearing was not appropriate. And I didn't even think about it until we left our hotel and we'd gone less than a block. And I looked at Mike and I said, we need to go back. I need to change my clothes. I do not feel okay. Mm -hmm. And nobody said anything to me, but the looks that you get when you observe what other people are wearing, Mm -hmm. they're just, if you're traveling to a very different place, a little bit of research is helpful so that you know that the clothing you're wearing is appropriate for where you're going. That was a lesson that I learned very uncomfortably. You can increase your comfort level and show respect for your host by figuring out what is appropriate for the culture. Yeah, the respect thing was one of the reasons I wanted to change. It was like, this is not appropriate for where I am. So as makers, yes, it can be a fun exercise to thoughtfully study clothes that make us feel good, find commonalities to increase our own success when making garments. Yep. And trying on different styles and colors can help with that. Checking out well, the trends can also help, but trends aren't yeah. necessarily going to work for everybody. But true, like crop but, tops, you know, crop yeah. tops now are such a thing. And for a while, I just thought, oh, no, it's very unattractive on me. And then I've realized that with all the high-waisted things that I wear, my high-waisted skirts and stuff, it can be really darn cute. Yeah, it's just experimenting, finding colors, styles, types of clothing, how to wear clothing in order to help us feel our personal best mm-hmm. that that's the goal really and, and because we can make them ourselves yes. we have a power over our wardrobe that so many people don't have yes and definitely look for ways to enjoy your clothing because clothing should be fun too mm-hmm. it shouldn't just be work it should it should be fun And your clothing should never be working against you in any way. You want to feel comfortable. You want to feel good. I have another good story, actually. Fashion should be fun. 
Josie was trying to wear a pair of leggings that were new to her yeah. that had some cool like mesh inserts oh, yeah. on the legs. They I were really cool. Those, yes. And she just wasn't feeling good about them. And her boyfriend said, hey, let's fix this right now. Fashion's supposed to be fun. Come on. And he pulled a bunch of stuff out of his closet to figure out what's going to make her feel good. And she was she figured it out and she was super happy. It's like, that's the right approach. Fashion should be fun. It we should, should be, be good. feel good in our hand knits and find a way to make them work. Absolutely. It should be fun. It's how we decorate. It's how we adorn. It's how we costume ourselves. It's how we present ourselves to the world. Yeah. Dress for your best you. Yeah. <laughs> so let us know, please, in the Ravelry thread, what are some of your favorite pieces of clothing and why? And I'm hoping I'm going to get some good suggestions from people on things that I should try. Yeah. Not because you're suggesting it for me personally, but just by reading everybody's comments, <laughs> yes. I can get yes. good ideas. Yeah. And definitely think about those qualities that you enjoy in a garment when scrolling through patterns, mm -hmm. when looking at trends, when, you know, it, it, it'll make it easier in the long run. <laughs> yeah. And it'll also help if you're like me, it'll help you weed out all the things. That's that like, exactly what shiny, I mean. Look here, yes. look there. That's exactly what I mean. But you said it way better. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We hope that you're having a good summer or winter, depending on where you are. True. It feels very summery here right now. And it's 4th of July weekend in California and the U.S. So... It's going to be crazy around here it for the next few be. days. So thank you. Happy knitting, everyone. Happy knitting. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.